Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. participate right we participate within these songs and we have the words up there so we can we can mouth the words we can we can say the words but but here's the deal the difference between a song and worship is the proclamation of truth behind it and the proclamation of truth always has to point to Jesus doesn't it so instead of just coming in here and singing songs as if you would, if you went to a concert and everybody was singing along the mainstream music songs that, that, that you love and, and you love singing them and this and that, when we, when we enter into his presence, when we come into a, a setting where the body, the church, the bride of Christ is all together and we begin to sing these songs, we begin to sing these songs, not always vocally great, I'm never vocally great, but I'm singing the songs. I'm participating. I'm proclaiming the truth that is behind these songs. And with faith, with the faith that was is, is within my heart, I'm, I'm projecting these songs up to the Lord. Right? That's the difference between singing and worshiping. And I love it that we have a church with so many people in here are worshipers. And I love the songs that Jen picked today. And, and you'll find out why in a second. But man, how amazing was that when I, two Sundays ago when I, when I couldn't be here. I watched online. I was live. And church started and worship started. And, and I tried to participate, but it was hard to participate. And, and I missed that. I missed it so much that I wasn't here being able to worship with with you guys and that's why church that's why church attendance that's why being inside the building on a Sunday morning is so vitally important not to the body only but to you individually is to to take part in that worship and to be a part of that in, in projecting that truth and believing in faith that what you're singing makes a difference it's the glory of the Lord, and it's, it's amazing, and I miss that so much. The other thing I missed not being here was the personal contact. The message was great. Mackenzie did an amazing job. Her message was so good, as well Stevens was last week. It was so good, and, and, and I got a lot out of both of those messages. And being online, the message, the, the, the theological... Um, breakdown of those messages was good. I could take that in and I could munch on that and it could affect me. But the fact that I wasn't in the building having personal contact with the body of Christ left me empty. And the craziest thing happened at the end of the service. I'm watching online and, and it winds down and Mackenzie does an altar call. I'm so proud of her for doing that. And, and, and worship comes back in and, and, and church kind of winds down. And then all of a sudden on my phone, it just said, this is over. The, 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 the broadcast has been terminated. And I'm sitting in my living room by myself going, I, I feel alone. I don't feel alone very much in my life. I felt alone. Service has been terminated. 
I love our church. Doesn't terminate the service. We hang out. We hang around and 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 it was awkward for me that I couldn't like talk to people and I couldn't touch people. I couldn't shake hands. I couldn't I couldn't do any of that. And it reinforced in me why church attendance is so vitally important for the well-being of of our faith for the, for the well-being of of who we are so so thank you for being here this morning and braving the the uh, kind of cold temperatures thank you for being here let's pray father god we look to you this morning and in all the confusion and all the all the things that come into our minds and in the debate that we have to go through in our own mind to come to church to read our bible to, to pray to talk to this person to show our faith there's just this so many things that goes on in our minds but lord god we understand that we can always step back and we can always look to you for that wisdom that understanding that guidance that push so lord thank you for that thank you that you are a god that doesn't leave us alone you're a god that that is constantly involved in every single thing that we do and and lord god the limiting factor we understand the limiting factor to that is us and how much we let you in so lord god help us in 2024 be be a, a church be individuals that that open that door wider to you that are guided by you on a on a daily basis not not a not a sunday morning basis but an every day at work at school at recreation at whatever we're guided by you so jesus we're asking for more you have so much more but we are to the point now where we are asking for more take us to the next level we want we want the next step we want we want the the, the more the bigger the the just everything that you have for us in this season in this time lord god we want that so we're opening up ourselves this morning and we're proclaiming this morning that we want to position ourselves as individuals as well as a body to have more so holy spirit do your thing whatever you need to accomplish in us today wherever you need to take us this morning lord god we are willing and we desire that we pray this in the mighty name of jesus christ our lord and savior and everyone shout it out amen hey. Men. I huh? I do need my phone. Yes, I do. I think I do. I think I do. All right. Well, it's good to be here this morning with you guys. And uh yeah, it's a little chilly. I mean, you guys agree it's a little chilly. But it warmed up like 20 degrees in the night right but i know we nothing can keep up um yeah it's crazy we need about a 100 degree swing when you start being able to say stuff like yeah we just need to swing about 100 degrees that's like okay we're cold and 
degree swing would just be comfortable, wouldn't it? It's not like, not like oh, we don't want 110 degrees. That wouldn't be. Um, but thank you guys for being here. Um, kids, we'll dismiss you kids um, right now. Go down, have fun, run around, produce lots of heat. Those little bodies are full of heat. Run around, extra today, extra. All right, we have a couple couple announcements here. Um, we have Eat Eat has been um, resurrected. It's been revived here, and and what Eat is is it's a young adults um, group. Um, Levi's actually running it, and they're going through the book of Luke, and they had their first eat last Tuesday, and Levi was so excited because of the participation, right? Um, people were talking about all sorts of great stuff, and, and that's just exciting to me um, because we need that component, right? We need those those late teens, early 20s, all through there. We got to grab hold and, and um, do whatever we can to to disciple and to feed that that god-given hunger that's that's in each one of us so with that being said eat is is named because it's a bible study but they eat so amy has a clipboard and it's just got different tuesdays on there and what we're asking is what we did the last time and um that's just sign up for a tuesday night and bring a meal to these young people um so they eat and they go through the bible study obviously um, it's all right there. It's laid out. So if you sign up for that date, um, name and number, but then grab Levi afterwards or get his number, his phone number, or whatever, text him and say, hey, how many people do you expect this Tuesday? I know that's a hard one because you don't want to be have too less of food, but you don't want to have way too much. But he can give you guidelines on that and, and kind of where to take it and if if he needs to cook it or not cook it. Um, all of those things. So pass that around. Sign up for that. Um, I think Sandy signed up for this Tuesday, and it says pizza, which is perfect because I was gonna, I was gonna say, hey, if if this Tuesday could be pizza, it would be great. Simply because we have no water in the office building right now. Um, something's froze somewhere over there, um, so it's not the best Tuesday to bring like a big meal that would need a lot of cleanup or or anything. Um, we're going to figure out bathrooms for Tuesday too. Uh, that'll be fun. Um, but we'll make all that work. But that's also a heads up on Wednesday. We don't know if we'll have, um, I don't know if we'll have water back in there Wednesday either. But uh, we'll be praying for that, right? We'll be praying for a hundred degree temperature swing, which probably we're not where's that global warming everybody's talking about right we need some of that um and then last sundays um i had some ladies they said oh no we're having last sundays in in january even though um the kitchen will not be ready we're gonna have it anyway we're gonna do it kind of up here um there is a sign-up sheet on the table under the tv out there of things that you can bring so it's gonna be more like Give me some examples here. What is it going to look like? Soup and sandwiches. Who doesn't like soup and sandwiches? So it's going to be soup and sandwiches, which is easy. We can make that happen between the cafe and, and the foyer and all that. So that'll, that'll be great. That'll be good. So thank you for participating. Let's make it happen. And then 
projected, I where's Ron? Ron's ushering, isn't he? Yeah, I was going to say, February last Sundays, downstairs with the new kitchen. But he may argue with that. You just never know. He may argue with that. But it'll be good anyway, so that's all good. Um, Doyle asked me, hey, he's waving at me. He asked me that he has a sign-up sheet for, um, you can just sign up and, and get, we, we need a little help with snow removal and stuff. Um, Dave plows, that is such a huge blessing, Dave plows, and we have a big old gas-powered snowblower that, that blows snow great, and then we have a, an electric one that's smaller to do the deck and over there. We just need help removing snow when it snows. So if, if you could sign up and Doyle would just have your number, and, and if you're available to do that, um, I would do it, but I'm not supposed to hold more than a coffee cup. Can you believe that? I'm not supposed to lift anything more than a coffee cup. That's crazy for six weeks. Um, and I just hope by six weeks from now, winter will be over. <laughs> right? Because the last time it snowed, I got that big snowblower out and I ate the rug that's in, that used to be at, remember, remember we had that rug out front that's not there anymore? That was my fault. But anyway, sign up for that. Is there any, am I forgetting, is there any other announcements? West of 50s is going sledding next Sunday. How about ice skating, Beth? Anybody want to do a little ice skating with Beth? No, they're going bowling. So that's inside. It's not, so that's next Sunday. Sign-up sheet outside. I could do that. I could bowl. Why not? All right. <laughs> Giving. Four ways to give, right? It's a brand new year. It's, it's a great year. If you've never, if you've never participated in giving, um, it's an act of worship. I always like to say that because there's a ton of misconceptions about giving. Um, and, and giving can leave a bad taste in people's mouths because I'm telling you, like with the tele-evangelists of the 80s and 90s, a lot of bad taste was put in people's mouth. But, but we give simply because the Bible tells us to, and, and it is a form of worship. It's a form of trust, right? Isn't worship basically trust anyway? We're worshiping God because we trust God. We give because we want to worship because we trust God. And, and there's four ways to give here. You can give online at bridgehelena.com. You can text the amount to 84321. You can use our wonderful giving boxes, one back here, one in the foyer. And you can always mail it to 725 Granite um, Avenue, Helena, Montana. All of that good stuff. Um, I got a great message written today, for today, I thought, for today. Um, but here's the deal, it's, it's weird. Um, if any of you know me very well, I like to plan things out. I'm a, I'm a planner, I, I trust God in all sorts of things. I have ideas popping in my head all the time. Um, Bruce is a kindred spirit with that. It's like popcorn in our brain, and it's like, God is giving us ideas all over the place, and I love grabbing hold of those ideas. And, and uh, in my life, God's blessed me in such a way where, where he directs me. So on Mondays, I love coming into the church office on Mondays and, and getting started on my message, studying and, and really getting it and hammering it out. And usually by Tuesday, I'm, I'm done with my, my message for the next Sunday. 
And then I have several days to really think about it and to really make sure that's what God wants me to say. That's, that's how God wired me, and, and in response, that's what God does with me. And I know there's, there's pastors who are like, hey, it's 5 o'clock p.m. on Saturday. I better get started on my message. Not me. I don't like to procrastinate things. Um, again, that's, that's just me. So, so within my comfort zone, um, I get stuff done relatively early, and um, and then I get to ponder on that. And I'm I was so excited about this message and and everything, and and I'm feeling like God's saying, you know what? I want to stretch you a little bit this morning because because I want that message spoken, but I think I want something spoken before that, and I and I think that's that's kind of what we're doing today. So um, who knows why? Um, he chooses to do these things, but hopefully he will reveal that as we go along. So if you are here today with the bulletin going, oh, we get to talk about pain. Um, we do, but we'll have to painfully wait until next week maybe to do that. So um, again, way outside my comfort zone here today, I'm going to trust God that he's going he's gonna, to um, carry this service. I Jen, what for whatever reason, you picked those songs today. They just confirmed a lot of stuff within me this morning. And and as we were praying before service, man, the Holy Spirit was nudging me, telling me, "Come on, don't don't get so stuck in your own mindset of you have to do this because this is the way it's supposed to be." Allow the Holy Spirit to to move within that. And there's a lot of faith in there, isn't there? And I think God this morning is, is going to challenge our faith, or maybe our idea on, on what faith is. Um, I, I got a great devotional for Christmas, and it's been challenging me a lot within my own faith. And, and there's this, um, I think there's this theologic idea of what faith is, and we read scriptures about faith, and we, we have an understanding that as a Christian, we have to have faith. It, 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 to believe in Jesus, to believe in the Bible, the story of the Bible, though we know it's true, you have to have faith to actually believe that, like I was saying before. You have to have faith to actually sing the songs to make them worship. So faith is one of those things where it comes along in our life, and because we're Christians, we know we have to talk about faith, and we have to share our faith. And when we say share our faith, it's usually we got to share our testimony. And we have faith in sharing our testimony. So today, within that, I just think God wants to challenge us in our understanding of faith, but also in our application of faith. We, we read the Gospels. And we see Jesus healing a multitude of people, right? He heals them, he touches them, and he heals them. And it's in all different ways, and it's in all different manners. And really, it's mostly physical healing when it comes to the Gospels, right? Jesus is, for the most part, either physically healing somebody's ailment or casting out a demon or demons that live within them. So it's pretty instantaneous healing, coming through the faith. And, and Jesus is continually asking that, hey, Jesus, I, I, will you touch me? Well, do you have faith? Well, do you believe? 
and all this stuff. And, and then we go on and we get into the book of Acts. And obviously Jesus has died upon the cross and the new covenant has been ushered in. And, and then there's the resurrection that shows that, that we can have life over death, right? And, and it points to the eternity with God. The, the resurrection's just amazing. And then 40 days, 50 days later, we have the ascension, right? No, 40 days later, we have the ascension. And then we have Pentecost come where the Holy Spirit comes and, and is poured out into those faithful who believe that Jesus is the, the, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and after that, we see the apostles going out and, and, and Peter boldly stands up. Peter, the one that, that mixes his words up, right? Peter, the one that says the wrong things. I mean, you can count on Peter for saying the wrong things until the Holy Spirit falls on it. And then he stands up and he starts preaching and, and many thousands are, are added to the church and daily more people are added to the church. And we read the accounts in Acts where, where Peter, and they're going around, they're healing people, right? They're praying and, and, and the Holy Spirit is touching that person and healing it, touching that person and healing it. And, and uh, people are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's just this wonderful thing and it's just wrapped up in this amazing thing that we call the faith of God. And then we fast forward and we get all the way to Montana 2024, right? A cold January morning and we're, we're sitting in here and, and we look back on these passages in the Bible and we look back on the accounts and the stories of all this faithfulness and what it results in. And I can't help but wonder, why don't we see those same things today? Right? You ever wonder that? I think that's a fair question. And I think what happens in our intellectual society, we're, we're taught in, in, uh, in school, in elementary school, all the way through college and everything, that, that this intellectual process is so important. It's important. You got to graduate from high school. You got to go to college. You got to do this. You got to shove all this intellectual stuff within you. And, and I think sometimes the intellectual stuff screws up our faith stuff. Because I think our intellectual stuff says there's a solution to that. And it may be God, but maybe there's other solutions that, that are before God, right? So we don't have that same reliance upon God when it comes to our faith. And that's a challenge. And we sometimes pray, I'm guilty of this. God, if it's your will, let your will be done. And, and, uh, and I almost... It's a weird thing to say, but, but I think sometimes when I pray, I, I pray in such a way where I ask God to either touch this person, touch me, touch this situation, do this, but it's almost like I organize that in such a way where I, where I build in a back door. It's an automatic fire escape. And it's always like, but, but God, you know, if you don't want to, then you don't have to. And if you don't, then that's your will. And, and I almost convince myself when I pray sometimes that, that though I completely believe, God, that you will heal this, if you don't, I understand why. Am I smarter than God? Do I have more wisdom than God? No way. So why am I saying, well, God, if, if, if that doesn't happen... I got this backdoor fire escape that we can all run out of. And then we can justify why you didn't fix this situation or, or do this and, and, and do that. And, and I've been in services. I mean, God's, God's healed my body 
physically two different times in, in very amazing ways. But I'm going to tell you this, each time he did that, it was a testimony to share with others. I'm so glad that he healed me. But sometimes our healing can be very, very personal in, in such a way that, that uh, we become selfish about it. God healed me and it was great. But I'm not going to really tell anybody because I'm afraid of this or maybe it'll come back and then I got to explain to people why, why I thought God healed me but maybe he didn't really heal me. And, and God's been challenging me with all of this over the last several weeks and, and it's been such a great time and, and pressing my idea about faith. He did this with trust and that actually was contingent upon coming here <laughs> to Montana. God had to take me, and it's part of my testimony, and that's a great one, but, but God take, took me through, and, and he had to make sure that I trusted him fully before he brought me to this church for a multitude of reasons. Some of you guys know where this church was when we first got here, but I had to have 100% full trust in him, and it wasn't easy. It was a painful lesson. It cost a lot. And when I say it costs a lot, I mean monetarily it cost us a lot. But it just, it was a great process. And I'm so glad he took me through that. And I feel like maybe God's taken me through a similar process with my faith. God says, do you trust me? And I have to say, well, I think I did. And God says, yeah, you did. But I'm going to show you what real trust looks like. And now it says, if he's saying, do you have faith in me? Of course I have faith in you. It seems like God's saying now, but do you have the faith that I want to give you? And I think he wants to give all of that to each one of us. And as a church, I think he wants to, to teach us what true faith is. Not only does he want to teach us what true faith is, he wants us to help other people. People that are around us understand what that true faith is. See, in, in, in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, the healing that was performed on that person that was sick or demonically possessed, again, that was amazing. But the effect of that healing was much more than just that person. Jesus was healing people to speak to those people that are around watching that healing, right? How many times did Jesus heal on the Sabbath? And he did that, and it made the Pharisees so mad that he would do that. So the effect on that person being healed was amazing. Their testimony, amazing. But it spread out. And I want to begin to see that kind of healing in this church. That kind of healing that spreads out. Here's what's also on my heart, just to get it out there. Um, Oh, there goes my mic. Get it out there in the beginning. Um, I, I truly and dearly want to see people physically healed in this church. We've seen it happen before, haven't we? We've seen it. I want to see that. But even more so with where our society is, with where our culture is, with where the timeline of the church age is, because I believe we're on the end of the timeline of the church age, I desperately want to see people healed in a spiritual and an emotional way. 
more so even in a physical way. I want people to come here and be unburdened by the cares of this world. I want people to come here and, and discover a life in Christ. I want people to come in here, drag it in here on the brink of suicide. And I want them to find hope in Jesus. I want people to find salvation. I want people's eternity to be changed. So though I, I do want to see physical healings in there, it's important. The bigger picture is the spiritual and the emotional healings that, that God wants to pour out upon us. See, if we have the normal people here on a Sunday morning, and there's truly no skeptical or unchurched or de-churched unbelievers here, though God wants to do a physical healing, what, what will the greater effect be? Does that make sense? So the more, here's the deal, probably, this is just my thinking, the more unbelievers that are here in a service, the more likely there's going to be a physical healing. Where does that place us then? How do we fill this church with unbelievers? How do we do it? You guys do it. I do it. The ad campaign doesn't do it. Right? It's the personal invitation. And I'm telling you what, an unbeliever comes in here and they see a healing. I don't care if it's, if it's a physical healing, if it's, if it's um, getting rid of a demon, if it's a spiritual healing or an emotional healing. They experience that. Doesn't matter what words I speak from this pulpit. That carries so much weight. So let's get together. Let's, uh, let's start inviting people without any expectation, except that if I invite people, unbelievers, de-churched people, unchurched people, there's the potential of God doing something amazing, awesome, incredible. And then what do we do with that? We speak it. The woman at the well, right? What a great example. There's so many great examples, but the woman at the well is, is such a great one. And she had lived a life in such a way where she couldn't get water with, with all the other ladies. She was labeled, right? She had made mistakes, absolutely. She had, uh, she had been with a lot of different guys. She had, she had had a lot of different husbands. That's established in, in John chapter 4 um, in this account. So, so here's, here's Jesus, and, and they're traveling, they're walking, and they, they come to this spot, and, and it's a well, um, a very historic well, and, and Jesus sits down there, and he's hanging out, and, and his guys, right? 12 guys and, and whoever else is traveling, they're like, hey, we'll, we'll go into town, we'll get some food, and then we'll come back and, and all that. And Jesus is like, well, I'm just going to stay here. I'm just going to stay here at the well because Jesus has wisdom. And it's the middle of the day. Nobody draws water at the middle of the day. Drawing water is a morning thing, right? Makes sense, right? We get water in the morning so we can have water for the day. But, but here comes this lady in the middle of the day. And she's, she's, uh, she's grabbing water and and Jesus starts a conversation with her, and it's this great conversation about living water. Hey, I got the living water. You drink this water, you'll never thirst again. And this lady's thinking, oh, I would never have to come to the well again. I, where do I get this water? And, and Jesus goes on to explain, man, if you knew who I was, this is who I am. And, and uh, 
And, and, and this is the weird part about Scripture. We think, oh, and then, that sh then, then she gets radically saved, right? Not necessarily. She has this radical interaction with Jesus because Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet, right? But it's in preparation for that. But the conversation affects this lady so greatly, so greatly, that she has to run back to her village and tell everyone. The questionable lady... The lady with the one reputation. Oh, we know who that is. Now she's coming back and she's telling everybody about, about the Messiah, the Savior, this, this Jesus Christ guy that she meets out at the well in the middle of the day because she has to be there at the middle of the day because she can't go with everybody else because she's dirty. And it changed everything. She went back and, and she didn't go back and pull out her Bible in a, in a commentary and write a message that was spot on with every word in the right place. She went back and she shared her experience that she had with Jesus. You know what that's called? It's called your testimony. Your testimony is the spirit, the, the experience you have with Jesus. It's, it's the story of you interacting your Savior. How many of us share our testimony enough? I don't see any hands. We don't share it enough. Because we get scared. Well, here's the deal. Your testimony is your testimony. You are the expert of your testimony. So if you tell me, oh, I just, I, I know the Holy Spirit was pointing me to talk to these people about Jesus, but I don't feel equipped. Pastor, I don't know the Bible like, like you do. Pastor, I, 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 I can't formulate the words. Well, neither can I half the time. But you can share your story. You can share the experience that you've had with Jesus. You can share your testimony because you're the expert of your testimony. You talk to people and you talk about how Jesus did this, what he did in your life. That's what the woman at the well did. That's all she did was share her testimony. See, when we share our testimony, our faith is changed, isn't it? It's a constant reminder of what has God has done in our life. But what it may do is, is begin to interject some hope into that person's life. That this person has faith. Faith enough to tell me with confidence and passion that this is what Jesus did in their life. We begin to do that. And what does that begin to do in other people? It begins to change other people. We have lots of people sitting in here in this sanctuary today simply because stories were shared experiences were shared, testimonies were shared. This morning as we were praying together, like I said, um, thank you for everyone who does that. But, uh, but as you guys were praying, God was taking me to the book of Revelation of all places and taking me to, to chapter 12. And if you don't know, the book of Revelation is, is, is a very interesting book of the Bible because it hasn't happened yet. Everything up to the book of Revelation is, is there's a historical perspective there. It has happened already. But now we hit the book of Revelation and it's, it's things to come. The, the, the revelation was given to the Apostle John, the same one who wrote um, the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, um, he wrote all of those, and, and he was the only apostle that wasn't um, executed or martyred. But he lived in exile, and while he was in exile, uh, God 
revealed this word to him, and it's called the revelation, and it's, it's of things to come. These things have not transpired yet, but there's a lot in here that we can learn from. So oddly enough, God takes me to, to Revelation 12 this morning, and I want to I read it to you, and then we'll break it down just, just slightly, and then we'll do some really fun stuff today. Um, if you have your Bibles, jump in. Um, now we have to understand that up until this point, there's a lot going on, and, and again, it's it's uh, the church has been raptured by now, and and uh, a lot has changed in 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 the world, and it's leading up to the um, the great tribulation. What we know is the tribulation and the great tribulation. We're we're in that mode, and and uh, it's Jesus's second return is is on the horizon. Um, but it's really the end of the age in, in many respects as the church age is going to usher in what we know as the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand-year reign, but it's that seven years of in-between time. So Revelation 12 says this, A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brethren and, and for our brothers and sisters who has accused them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They rejoiced, you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. There's a lot of stuff going on in there, right? See, that's, that's forward but it's, it's coming back. It's about Jesus the Messiah coming into the world. It's about the, day, the, the dragon who wanted to consume that baby right off the bat, right? Hey, let's kill all the kids under two years old. Let's, let's do all this. Let's, let's try to keep Jesus out of the world. But, but you can't keep Jesus out of the world because it's God's plan to have Jesus in the world. And because Jesus was in the world, salvation comes to the nations. And within all that, the devil 
sweeps and a third of the stars with him, a third of the, the angels fall with Satan. They choose to, to follow him instead of obeying God. And it makes this tremendous mess here on earth. That coupled with the sin of Adam and Eve. Sin enters the world and the ruler of this world currently is Satan himself. So we see all this taking place and we see what has transpired and things to come and it's a blending of all those things and it's wonderful and magnificent and tragic and, and scary all at the same time. But the important part that we need to focus on here today is simply this. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Messiah. There's authority when we choose to have faith in Jesus. There's authority when we use to walk, when we, when we choose to walk with Jesus. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Every time we proclaim Christ in our life, every time we proclaim what Christ has done, the enemy that comes against us, the enemy that used to, to, to guide us, the enemy that used to, to rule over us is hurled down. He stepped upon. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. Only through the blood of Jesus Christ do we have the ability to do this. But also, and this is important, it's not just the blood of the Lamb. It is also by the word of their testimony. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, I have no idea how powerful my testimony is. I don't believe. There's something within me that says it's not that big a deal. Your testimony, listen to some of these other testimonies. Your testimony is not that big a deal. It's not going to make, make that big a difference. So I have this constant conflict within myself, fighting, saying, but, but, my, but my testimony involves my story, my interaction with Jesus Christ himself. How can that not be the most powerful force in my life? Right there. So I'll be the first one to say that I struggle with understanding the power of my testimony. How many of you in here understand the power of your testimony. You guys get it? You guys understand it? You guys understand that, that it is by the blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony that, that hell itself, Satan itself, he can't stand against it, guys. He can't. There is no door that he can erect that can, can keep the blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony out. We got to begin to understand this, guys, because we're living in a world right now. We're living in a time right now that is in desperate need of not only the blood of the Lamb, but the power of your testimony. See, it's not an either or, it can't be. They have to, they have to be one another, right? Some people have the story where they have, and this is happening a lot in in Arab countries right now, blocked, especially Iran, there's, there's um, accounts over and over and over of, of, of people being, being visited by the Spirit of God and turning from, 
radical Islam to on fire Christianity. Because they had this amazing interaction with Jesus. And it was, it was on this spiritual level. And it was them and the power of God. And, and that's amazing. And we, we hear that and we're like, amen, that's amazing. We need more of that. And I believe the Holy Spirit's saying, you want more of that because you guys aren't doing your job. You long for more of that because it's an easy way out. It's a back door, isn't it? Oh, God. Go speak to this person. Touch them in such a way that, that they hear you and know you. And, and all the while the Holy Spirit's saying, I'm trying. I'm trying, but you're not cooperating. Don't you understand? It's the blood of the Lamb and the power of the word of your testimony. It's you that I want to send. I, I, I don't want to send an angel. I want to send you. Because that angel is going to speak to them and then depart but you're going to share your testimony and you're going to walk with them through deliverance, through a, through a Jesus encounter, and then through discipleship. What a wonderful plan. What a great plan. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. We, we kind of, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a great plan. Love that plan. It's like Doyle saying, hey, how many of you guys want to want to meet up here and shovel three feet of snow? If we all meet up here, we'll get it done real great. Isn't that a good plan? And we acknowledge it's a good plan while we sit at home and drink hot coffee and eat a donut and pray for those people that are up there shoveling it out, right? See, we acknowledge that there's a good plan, but we don't always participate in that plan. Relate that to your testimony. Relate that to the people that are around you. Relate that to, to uh, you know, we always love to pray. God, just send somebody to speak to this person. God, just, just lead them to the right church so they can experience Jesus. And, and, and all the while the Holy Spirit's going, oh gosh, I'm trying, trying. I keep trying, but you're not helping, you're not listening, you're not participating. I, I was so excited to preach a message on pain today. I was. <laughs> because it's near and dear to my heart right now. But sometimes God interrupts us. And now I'm beginning to understand that God's saying, you know what, I gave you that message on pain. But the but they're not ready yet. We need, to, we need to purposefully take a step in a direction so that we can get out of that message what we need to get out of that message. I don't even know what the next message after that's going to be. I love it when God does that. I don't love it so much when he interrupts me 30 minutes before service and says, I'm not going to let you... I love writing stuff down. I love flow charts. I do. I love checklists. So when God says, hey, do this this morning. I want you to talk about the power of a testimony combined with the blood of the Lamb. And I got one arm. And I can't just grab a notebook and start writing stuff down. So the faith that it took for me to step out and do this this morning to get us ready 
to step into 2024 where we can begin to see and understand how powerful our testimony is? Well, for me, this in itself is building my own testimony, isn't it? See, I'm having this great interaction. I'm having this great personal interaction with Jesus right here and now. And I'm going to treasure that for all eternity. I'll be up in eternity and in some historical person. Paul's going to come up to me and he's going to be like, hey, tell me about that one Sunday morning. You know, when your arm was all messed up and God totally changed your message. Tell me about that. That's interesting to me. I'm going to be like, oh, that was amazing. That's eternity. But what about here and now? And I think about this. I was like, I, I have a great physical therapist, but, but when I listen to, to how she talks and what she says, if we're here, it's just, and just a, a, a nice person, wonderful person, knows her stuff, knows how to do things. But when we talk, there's an emptiness. And I was like, oh man, uh, with the pain thing, she's going to say, hey, how'd church go on Sunday? And I'm going to be like, man, we talked about pain and this happened and this happened because I had this idea that all this stuff was going to happen. And, and I'm going to be able to share that with her and, and just screw her scientific mind up, right? <laughs> like, like introduce all this stuff where now she has to try to rationalize. Well, he doesn't seem crazy that crazy, but what he is saying is sure stretch. Man, I, I'm going to stretch her more than she's stretching my shoulder. Right? Right? So, so that was my anticipation, and now God has changed everything. He screwed it up. God, what are you thinking? And God's saying, wait until you share this testimony with her. That I interrupted what you had. And people begin to be set free from the bondage that they have put themselves under because there's fear in their life. There's uncertainty in their life. There's a confidence problem. See, we can say we have full confidence in God, but how can we say that if we don't have full confidence in ourselves and the testimony that we share? That's hard, isn't it? Isn't that troublesome? So each of us this morning, I think we're going to have that opportunity to take that step. There's people in here right now that I would love to see physically healed from ailments, injuries, ice injuries, age-related I shouldn't be ice skating injuries. Just kidding. But there's different ailments. There's a lot of sick people. Influenza A has ripped through this community terribly. There's, there's sick people. There's, there's um, all of that. But there's people in here this morning, right now in here, within the faithful. I'm going to call you guys more of the faithful because 20 below, I'm going to church. I love that. But there's people sitting in here today that have some emotional stuff some baggage, some hurts, some past hurts. Man, there, there's a hole within them, right? There's, there's unforgiveness either toward themselves or towards others, or they're holding unforgiveness toward people. There's insecurities. There's anger issues. There's all of those things inside our building right now with a body of more faithful believers.
And I believe the ultimate reason God interrupted my schedule this morning was to bring us to a point in this service where, where we can begin to give those away to God. Of course, we're going to have an altar call at the end. That's not the end yet, though. But I want to ask you guys in here, will you be honest with yourselves? Sometimes we justify unforgiveness or anger or fear. We justify it because in a twisted, mixed-up way, we think, that's where our security comes from. We think that's part of our identity. And if we actually gave that up, what would that feel like? And, and, and who might we become if we did it? And on the other hand, sometimes we just like being angry. Somebody has hurt us so much that we take pleasure in being angry at them, or at least we think we do. Anybody been there? Anybody still there? There's all sorts of incredible testimonies of people who have finally given that up, who have unburdened themselves. That's healing. That's faith. And out of that comes an amazing testimony. So this morning, I'm going to ask a Comfort zones, it was 40 below. Comfort zones are out the window right now, right? We're uncomfortable. It just is an uncomfortable time. Physically, we're uncomfortable. I'm going to ask you to become possibly a little emotionally uncomfortable this morning. I believe there are people in here this morning. I believe, again, with my whole heart, there are people in here this morning who are longing to hear what God has done in somebody's life. They want to hear something that causes them to say, you know what, I kind of believe. Man, I just wish I, 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 I heard it in a more personal way. And I can stand up here and continue to share testimonies in my personal journeys and seasons with God. But from the beginning, from prayer this morning, it was very heavy on my heart. The Holy Spirit was saying, there's, there's, there's a couple testimonies in here that need to be spoken out this morning because there's people in here that desperately need to hear those testimonies. So I'm going to ask you right now, is God touching your heart? Is God, are you squirming in your seat right now? Feel like you got a bunch of bumblebees in your stomach? Yeah, gets that way, right? Who will share a testimony this morning? Who will step out of their comfort zone and understand that, that, that the blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony has, man, they can do something incredible in here today for someone in here today. Maybe they're listening online even going, man, I knew I should have gone to church today. Who will do that? Oh, Thaddeus, you just made a huge mistake. <laughs> because, you, yeah, you made a mistake, buddy. Bumping the person next to you? 
only only causes attention from the pastor because you got an amazing testimony. You got an amazing testimony, and I know you share it. And I know other people in here have an amazing testimony. And man, that line that you guys lined, that is such a nice line. I'm not going to be able to get to all of you today that are standing in line right here to share your testimony. So just a, wait a second, there's no line. Here's the deal. If you can't share your testimony in here this morning in a bunch of believing Christians who will only support you and say, man, I didn't know about that. That's amazing. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. Telling you, if you can't do it this morning right here, you're not going to do it. Ah! Hey, Beth, Beth, don't slip. You can come up here. Come up here. Come up. Can you make Here, between the two of us, we got... You good hand. Yeah. Look at, even our shirts are almost the same. Yeah. Takes, it takes the two visibly injured, maimed people to, to do this. So Gail, take it away. Hey, Gail. Beth. Start a time or something. No. Um, ah, so I thought I've loved God my whole life, but you know, God wants us to be uncomfortable and he keeps growing us, right? And um, so he's, he took me further in my faith, went to different churches to keep growing in my faith. Things were going well. My husband came to Jesus about our 10th year of marriage. Um, and my father died 14 years ago, and that um, set me in a little... Um, it, it kind of crashed my faith. I was really believing that he was healed. I know that he is healed, but at the time it was hard to accept. So um, at the same time, I was an empty nester. My kids were leaving home. And um, so, you know, my marriage struggled, and I withdrew from God to the point that I left my husband and um, took a summer job. And, uh, um, yeah. I left, and um, while I was distant from God, distant from any Christian friends who would want to speak to me with reason, um, one day, alone on a hike, God said, are you mine or not? Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it was just as clear as could be, and uh, it was very convicting, and that led to um, a very slow but sure reconciliation with my husband, and um, God's good. He's continuing to do work, and I know the next step is that he's still working the testimony in us, right? Amen. He's, he's healing my arm right now. And um, so, um, yeah, so I want to encourage the next person to share. And, you know, God blesses obedience. I know that, too. So um, I know that there is... There are marriages hard. I know there's a lot of marriages that struggle and don't look like the perfect marriage. It kind of looks like when we see each other in church and there's hurts and struggles and, um, you know, God is able. And, you know, I also want to say Jim and I are able to help talk to anybody who's struggling too because we've been there. Amen. See that? Yeah, take the step. 
So, so Beth, was that super easy? Not really, was it? And, 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 and did it bring up some feelings of like, oh gosh, it does, right? But the word says there's power in our testimony, right? There's power because you trusted God, you had faith in God. No, yeah, actually, yes, in a good way. Because, hey, there's somebody who faithfully relied upon God. None of us will be the same after Beth's testimony. Beth won't be the same. We won't be the same. And that's the power of a testimony. And it speaks to us. Who's next? Oh, I'm not supposed to hold the microphone, Amy said. Because it's heavier than a coffee cup, apparently. Hey, it's another guy that, that has plaid on and has gone through soldier's shoulder surgery now and knee. Yeah, we can use this stuff. <laughs> Physical healing coming? No. Yes, amen. Uh, I'm a recovering Pharisee. Uh, I went to church my whole life, and we were in uh, a mainstream religion, and I kept all the rules, and uh, as 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 through a bunch of circumstances, my parents start going to this other church and they were a bunch of weirdos that raised their hands and stuff like that. And, and they, I knew they were going to go to hell because they weren't in the right church. And as such a Pharisee of following rules and stuff like uh, uh, Lent, uh, you know, you give up some for Lent, you know, but but on Sunday, you know, if you gave up chocolate, maybe on Sunday you could have chocolate, you know, once a week. Well, I was such a Pharisee that I gave up drinking so I'd get drunk on Sunday. You know, that, that's the rules. And I ended up dating a person in a cult. And I didn't know anything about these people except they didn't celebrate birthdays and stuff. And, but I knew I was a Christian. I went to the right church. And my dad gave me a Bible, and I decided to read that to compare about what I'm, what we believe, because I'm a Christian, compared to what this cult believes. And pro God promises that His re word will not return void, and He opened up His word to me, and I, my Bible's like half of it is underlined. That Bible that my dad gave to me, because God just completely opened that word. And I worked in a restaurant that had a Sunday buffet and all these weird old church people that raised their hand all the time and did all that weird stuff would come into the restaurant with my parents and I found out that they're kind of nice. You know, so when it was time for me, I, I ended up in this church with them and and they were all really nice and one day the the pastor was preaching he says uh, this is from first john uh, i write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of god that that you may know you have eternal life and this person here that would end up in this church with all these weirdos that raise their hand and stuff the pastor said, is there anybody in here that doesn't know for sure they have eternal life? And this is in the middle of his message, so it's a probably rhetorical question, I don't know. But I raised my hand in the middle of that service, 
and gave my, went forward and gave my life to the Lord. And he has just blessed me so much since then. Uh, I thought, okay, I was in this relationship with this person in the cult, you know, and I'm, I got saved at 31, and I thought, am I going to be single for the rest of my life? You know, I, I planned on moving to Kalispell to, uh, just for a job to open another restaurant there. And uh, I thought, I wrote down in my journal, Lord, if you want me to be single for the rest of my life, whatever you want me to do, I don't think I had the gift of singleness like Paul, but I gave that all to him. And like two days after I moved to Kalispell, I met my lovely wife. So that, that is it in a nutshell, because, you know, your testimony could last for hours. And As it should. Yeah. Take the stairs. I will. <laughs> so so that's, that's part of the awesome part about a testimony is, is you're going, hey, this is where I was. This is who I was. This is what I was going through. And then, then there's this Jesus experience. But now I'm way over here. So now you can look back and you can tell that entire story. Anybody else want to see? Holy Spirit got him. Yes. Come on up. I want you up here with me. And kicks. Those are cool kicks. So I'd say the, the best way to talk about how I've changed would be to talk about how I was before Christ came into my life. And I think it's a really important part of my life to look at because the way that I lived my life was, it wasn't the longest time period since I'm only 15, but <laughs> it definitely was really different to the way that I saw the world. I was a really resentful and prideful person that just followed my own ways. I was bullied a lot when I was in middle school, so it really changed the way that I saw the world. I was really disrespectful to my peers and the people above me. I didn't really respect authority unless they agreed with what I wanted to do. And one of the things about that pride is it just, it made me hide and only shelter behind that. I had no, nothing that made me feel like I was good besides my ability to stand up for myself, which it wasn't good for my life. And I think it led me to a spot in my freshman year of high school, not really long ago since I was last year, but <laughs> I remember I was talking to my best friend again. We've been friends since we we're in second grade and I just, I couldn't stand his dad. Like He's done some of the worst things that have ever happened to me in my life, and I've never been able to, to get over that since then. But I remember since me and him started talking, he told me that his dad wanted to talk to me because we're friends again. And I just remember being able to forgive someone that's done just horrible things to me in my past wasn't of myself. And I could only think of God in that moment, no matter how far my mind was from him, no matter how much that I didn't want to forgive his father for what he's done, no matter how much that I thought that the anger and wrath and pride that was in me that would protect me from the world or however I felt about myself, I was just able to forgive and I knew it was only because of God. And I just, I can't stop thinking about that moment because of just the stuff that he did to me. And it's just the fact that I was able to forgive I only can thank God for that. And I just think back to that moment. I was so far away from what Christ wanted in my life and so far away from actually wanting to accept him into my life. But he still didn't allow that to turn me away from him. And I just, I think of that verse in Romans when he says that God turned people over to their disgraceful passions. And I'm thankful every day that I wasn't turned over to those prides 
the, that pride, that resentment, that unforgiveness, unfor and that I was able to come to Christ. But there's a lot more stuff that has happened in between. I met uh, Alexis Cortez, and she told me a lot of stuff about God, but I wasn't really focused on that. I was just doing my own thing, worrying about school. But I just remember one night, we're on a call, and we're just playing video games, and she started talking to me about Jesus. And I just remember it just, it felt like something I couldn't resist anymore. It felt like something that was so true that I just, I couldn't be lying to myself and looking for comfort within myself and the evil things that I've been doing in my life. So I just remember that night we prayed and I accepted Christ in my heart again. Amen. That was awesome. Every time I talk to Thaddeus, every time I talk to Thaddeus, like every single time, I'm like, 15? <laughs> See, that's, that's honestly, guys, that's, that's the future of the church right there. The future of the church is McKinsey. The future of the church is Stephen. The future of the church is in good hands, isn't it? Because those three people right there understand the blood of the Lamb and the power of the, of the testimony, right? Isn't that amazing? Worship team, if you guys want to come up. So I got a text while I'm up here. Somebody who's usually here but aren't here today, it says this, good message today. I have some recent testimony about answering, about answers to prayer. If you see fit, plug me in for five minutes next week. Yeah, there's power in the testimony. It's like, I got to share. I got to share. Pretty awesome stuff. We're going to, well, first we're going to turn that off. We want to close in worship, right? The words that you heard today, spontaneous, absolutely, Holy Spirit-led, I, I want to think so, testimony-wise, good stuff. We all have a testimony. Don't fear your testimony. Don't shrink back from your testimony. We're going to get into worship. We're going to open up the altar. If you need a touch from God today, be it physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever it is, meet me at the altar. Let's pray about it. Um, we've got people in here that would love to pray with you. We want to leave here today worshiping. I know Jim's going to pick just the right song, and it's going to be awesome. Um, but let's not allow this time that we are now stepping into to get away from us. Everything, again, I say it all the time, everything builds up to this moment, this response time in a service. So let's respond well. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for stretching us. Thank you for challenging us in our faith. Thank you for reminding us about the power of your blood and the word of our testimony. There's power in that combination. Your blood, power, testimony, power, it comes together and it's, a, it's an almighty force. It's a supernatural force that no, that no barrier can contain, that no door can keep out. Lord God, help us to continue to realize that and put it into effect within our life. And Lord God, I pray for those right now that are struggling in whatever area of their life, Lord God. We ask for a divine touch and we ask for a healing, and we ask for a testimony to come out of there that will be shared among the, the, among the nations. Ultimately, God, we trust you. 
within our faith comes the confidence and trust and within the confidence and trust comes our faith we just lay it before you and Lord God with everything going on Lord God we take solace and refuge in your word and in the presence of the Holy Spirit we pray this in your name Jesus and everyone said Amen altars are open This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.